Hello and welcome to sports. The sports that's about sports. I'm sports. And I'm sports. And I love sports. 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 You can edit that together, right? Yeah, it'll be comprehensive at some point. Um, we're talking about sports. Yes, yeah, sports. No, actually, sorry. No, I promise there are no sports in this episode for any of you who are worried. Um, we're actually going to be talking about the seven wonders of the world, both the ancient wonders of the world and like the new wonders of the world. Um, but I didn't want to do like a listicle. I wanted to do a bracket. I wanted to pit them against each other, uh, bracket royale style, um, which is really timely because March Madness has been over for a full calendar month. <laughs> well, it, it is still timely because our last full episode was Jeff, who is uh, commonly known as the eighth wonder of the world. So, <laughs> correct. Yeah. So it, it really is just thematically, you know, carrying over from that. Um, okay. So here's what we're going to do I have a bracket set up. We'll post this to Instagram in some fashion. So on the left side of our bracket, we're going to have the ancient conference, which is the seven wonders of the ancient world. And on the right is going to be our modern conference, the new, the new Seven Wonders of the World. And we are going to pit wonder against wonder uh, until we have crowned the ultimate coolest wonder of the world. Uh, and then we're also going to you know, learn fun facts and shit, too, along the way. So <laughs> here's how this is going to go. I'm going to talk a bit about the wonder. Um, I'm going to talk about the bundle wonder they're pit against. And then Emily is going to have to choose who the winner is of each round. I think I can handle this. Like I told Sarah, I'm I'm racing uh, an edible, so as you usually are. I mean, you're a pro at that at this point. It really depends on the day. Sometimes <laughs> I like I wasn't gonna like pop an edible before we did Marie Antoinette Part Three. I'm not stupid. No, that that would not end well for anybody. I imagine. I feel like it just adds some flavor to stuff. <laughs> uh, so to start us off, I'm going to actually talk just a little bit background about what the Seven Wonders of the Ancient World actually are, and that is that... Yeah, is there a committee that decides? So for the new... Yes, and we'll get to that. For the Ancient World, it was basically... The in, Seven Wonders of the Ancient World were seven notable structures that existed during the time of classical antiquity, which is kind of generally 8th, 8th century BC to 5th century AD, which is like kind of encompassing the time of the ancient Greeks, the time of the ancient Romans, kind of all of them, all of the, their societies together. Okay. So basically, after Alexander the Great conquered pretty much all of the Western world, um, Hellenic traveler- travelers had access to other ancient civilizations like the Egyptians and the Persians and the Babylonians. So they started like travelers would make start making their own lists of what the several, you know, the wonders of the world were like, where, where are the cool places to go see? Basically, like, really ancient travel guidebooks. I was just going to ask, like, Uh, travel bloggers. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. Uh, The most famous example and kind of the basis for the seven wonders as we know them today was developed in the second century BC by Greek poet Antipater of Sidon. It should be noted that the seven wonders of the ancient world are located almost exclusively, (laughs) like, around the Mediterranean Sea and wouldn't have included, like, you know, anywhere from ancient civilizations of Africa, Europe, or Asia, or the Americas, simply because, like, they weren't known to these people at these at this time. Well, and I'm, let's be real, Europe not really doing a lot of cool hanging gardens shit. Not, not quite, not in, like, the 5th century BC. So, uh, to start off our Seven uh, Wonders of the Ancient World conference, uh, we have the Great Pyramid of Giza. And actually, the Great Pyramid of Giza is going to get a buy this round because of all the seven ancient wonders of the world, this is the only one 
uh, that is still standing, which I feel like I think it just kind of, you know, it gets a buy this round. Uh, I guess for even matchups, if there's seven of each. So this is just the freebie. Yeah, this is the freebie. This is the one that's just going to automatically go on to the next round to make it even because I have odd numbers on both sides and I'm not dealing with it. (laughs) So I I have made the executive decision that the Great Pyramid of Giza goes on. We are the the person who arranged this tournament. So I am, in fact, yes. Uh, So the Great Pyramid, located on the west bank of the Nile River, just north of Cairo, Egypt, is both the oldest wonder as well as I said, the only one that still survives to the present day. Uh, it is part of a group of three pyramids, Khufu, uh, Khafra, and Menkora, probably pronouncing them terribly, all built between 2700 BC and like 2500 BC as royal tombs. The Great Pyramid itself covers 13 acres and is believed to contain more than 2 million stone blocks, many of which weigh several tons, which is very impressive. It is a lot of rock. <laughs> the original height from base to the peak was uh, probably about 482 feet, though, of course, time has worn that away to today. It's about 500. 451 feet. That's not nothing. So that's a great pyramid of Giza. You, you have to learn some fun facts. Okay. So here we have our first, ma- first matchup. Uh, we are having on one corner. No, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Wait, did you cite your sources? I didn't. Thank you for reminding me. I mean, if I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Wikipedia, history.com, National Geographic, Encyclopedia Britannica, and New7Wonders.com. Thank you all for this quick almost forgetting almost forgetting to cite you until the middle of the episode. I mean, I hope this isn't the middle of the episode. We've been doing this for nine minutes. So now that I've actually cited my sources, uh, let's go to our first matchup, which is the Hanging Gardens of Babylon versus the Statue of Zeus at Olympia. Mm. So here's where you get to learn and where you get to choose. So the Hanging Gardens of Babylon is an interesting inclusion on this list as no one is actually 100% sure that they ever existed. Uh, While they are mentioned in Greek and Roman writings, there are no extant Babylonian texts that mention the gardens, and no definitive archaeological evidence has ever been found in Babylon itself. Uh, If they did exist, they're believed to have been built near the Euphrates River in modern-day Iraq by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar II sometime around 600 BC. The gardens are described as a remarkable feat of gardening and engineering, consisting of an ascending series of tiered gardens filled with an array of flowers, fruit, trees and exotic foliage. They do sound wonderful. They sound very nice and I would like to go to there. I'll discuss it when I make my decision later. Never mind. Continue. Uh, So the statue of Zeus at Olympia was constructed around 435 BC by the most renowned renowned sculpture of the area Phidias. Uh, You may recognize it from Disney's Hercules. Yes. (laughs) The statue shows Zeus seated on the throne ornamented with ebony, ivory, gold and precious stones. The figure was crowned by a sculpted wreath of olive sprays and wore a gilded robe made of glass. Holding up the throne's armrests were two carved sphinxes, and the statue itself to- stood around 40 feet tall. Which, I mean, that's like a four-story Yeah, building. that's pretty fucking 40, big. Like, 40 feet doesn't, like... I feel like I always have this issue where it's like, oh, only 40 feet? But then you, like, try and picture what 40 feet is, and that's actually pretty big. It stood, fittingly, at the Temple of Zeus at Olympia for more than eight centuries before Christian priests persuaded the Roman emperor to close the temple sometime in the 4th century. You know, every fucking time. Every time. Uh, from there, the statue was moved to a temple in Constantinople, where it's believed to have been destroyed by a fire in the year 462. No. Uh, Sarah, I believe it's Istanbul. Not Constantinople. <laughs> Why do we have to make this joke every time? Because I, it's <laughs> it's like the Spanish Inquisition. It's just sitting there. All right. Now it's up to you, Emily. What what do you think is the better wonder? The Hanging Gardens or the Statue of Zeus? So theoretically, the Hanging Gardens would be better. Mm-hmm. However, 
I have been thinking about it. We don't know if they actually existed. So this is true. all of it could be moot. Like, like, yeah, I can describe something that's theoretically like a lot cooler than the Statue of Liberty, but it doesn't actually exist. <laughs> you know? This um, is a fair point. And I think it's pretty dope that Zeus's clothes are made of glass because that sounds like insane. That does sound I'm going to have to give it to Zeus, mostly on the merit that, yeah. like, we know that it existed. <laughs> Zeus it is. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, if there was some, like, shred of proof that the Hanging Gardens existed, they'd win yeah. it. But I, I love the idea of Hanging Gardens, but I am skeptical that they existed. Because <laughs> it just... I'm sure I'll Google like it later. Would, yeah. Like, I'll get deep into that Wikipedia page later this evening. Oh, yeah, and feel free as you, uh, as we're going through this list to, uh, Google pictures because some of these are pretty cool oh yeah no the zeus is dope. uh there our second matchup in the ancient conference is the temple of artemis versus the mausoleum and halicarnassus Ooh. very fancy so the temple of Ar- artemis was located in Ephesus, a greek port city in what is now the west coast of modern day turkey there are actually several temples of artemis at the site that were like destroyed and rebuilt um the earliest was built during the bronze age uh that was destroyed by a flood uh and then after that was destroyed, there was a reconstruction of the temple built around 550 BC, designed by the architect Chersiphron. It's a name. Yeah. And decorated by some of the most celebrated artists of the ancient world. It was supposedly one of the first Greek temples to be built of marble. Uh, so that temple stood for 200 years until it was destroyed by a fire. <laughs> the new uh, in, in 356 BC, the new temple was constructed to be even grander. It was surrounded by marble steps that led to a 400 foot long terrace flanked by 127 60 foot marble columns and a big old statue of Artemis. Uh, this version of the temple stood until it was destroyed by the Ostrogoths in 262 AD, and its ruins were not discovered until the 1860s. God, I'm mad they destroyed it, but that is the most like metal name for a group of the people. Ostrogoths, right? They sound like I know nothing about them, but they sound so cool. They sound like a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> I was gonna say like like well like I can picture the name, but it's written in that yes. like metal band font that you yes. can't fucking read. They're Avalon. <laughs> Don't think he's just odd and cool. Well, too bad. He he was so eager to draw stuff. Uh, Jeff, now he has to draw Ostrogoths in the metal, um, the metal band font. <laughs> oh, we have a we have a very fun announcement at the end of the episode. So, like, <laughs> stick in there. <laughs> All right. So, the mausoleum at Halicarnassus, which is now in modern day Bodrum, Turkey, was designed and built between 353 and 350 BCE for Mausolus, a governor of the Persian Empire. Uh, it is made. It was made. <laughs> nothing. None. These are still there. Uh, it stood approximately uh, 130 feet. 35 feet high and was adorned by intricate carvings and precious works of art, including 400 freestanding sculptures. The first layer of the mm. mausoleum was a 60-foot base of steps, followed by a middle layer of 36 ionic columns topped by a stepped pyramid-shaped roof and a 20-foot marble statue of a four-horse chariot. This is just like, it looks a, like a four-layer cake. cake of, yeah. Uh, the mausoleum stood for centuries, surviving attacks by pirates and even arrayed by Alexander the Great, until a series of earthquakes in the 12th to 15th centuries finally succeeded in destroying it. It was the longest surviving wonder apart from the Pyramid at Giza. All right. So, Temple of Artemis, Mausoleum, and Halicarnassus. What do you think is the cooler? I am biased because uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a huge fucking nerd, and Artemis is my favorite of the Greek deities. Uh, she is pretty great. Deities. Love her. Love her vibe. Immaculate. Um, however, the Mausoleum, 
looks like it probably took more work. It is a little more elaborate, I will say. They both kind of have the same vibe, but the mausoleum is... Engineering-wise, you know. yeah. um, it's obviously very solid. It lasted for quite a while. It's got all of those fucking statues. <laughs> 400 statues. It's a lot of statues. And, I mean, it's pretty metal that it's a mausoleum, like... Obviously, points for that. Got some skeletons in there. You know, all respect to Artemis, I'm going to have to give this one to the mausoleum. Mausoleum it is. All right. Our final matchup in the ancient conference for round one is the Colossus of Rhodes versus the Lighthouse and Alexandria. Oh, you know which one I'm going to pick. The Colossus of Rhodes was an enormous bronze sculpture 100 feet tall of the sun god Helios, uh, easily the tallest of the ancient world, and it would be comparable to about the, the Statue of Liberty today. So. Pretty big fucking statue. Uh, It took 12 years to construct and was eventually completed around 280 BC. The Colossus stood for 60 years until it was finally toppled by an earthquake. It was never rebuilt, and it's likely that it was eventually scrapped so the metal could be used for coins and tools. Uh, Because of this, archaeologists don't actually know much about the exact location of the statue or even what it looked like. Um, I think in most, like, popular depictions, you'll see, um, you know, Helios standing very naked, uh, with one leg on each side of the harbor. That's uh, what I was going to ask. Yeah. A spear in one hand, a torch in the other. Um, however, most scholars today agree that the statue's legs would have needed to be built close together just in order to support the weight oh, of the well, statue. Oh, that's a loss of points So that's right a little there. disappointing, yeah. On the plus side, I'm presuming the penis would have been a little less uh, dangly. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> Uh, Don't worry. The ancient lighthouse of Alexandria, who was considered a technical masterpiece, served as the model for all the lighthouses that followed, uh, and it was constructed on Pharos, an island in the harbor of Alexandria in Egypt. Uh, Standing over 350 feet tall, it is believed to have been completed somewhere around 270 BC during the reign of Ptolemy II. I think it's just, I think it's Ptolemy. Sorry. Ptolemy? Thank you for correcting me. Uh, During the reign of Ptolemy II. (laughs) I couldn't just go Ptolemy. Can't I can't sneak a little bit of. A- I mean, it is. It's funnier to say Ptolemy, but I think it is Ptolemy. It is, it is more fun to have a little bit of a P in there, but yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> the lighthouse helped to guide Nile River ships in and out of the city's busy harbor and served as a navigational landmark for voyagers along the Egyptian coast. It was constructed in three distinct stages. So there was, like the mausoleum, a square stone base, an octagonal middle section, and then a syndrilical tower at the top. At the apex, there was a mirror that was constructed to reflect sunlight during the day, and at night, they lit a fire in the tower. The lighthouse would be severely damaged by earthquakes in the year 965, 1303, and 1323, and by 1480, it was completely gone. All right. So for our last matchup, the Colossus versus the lighthouse. Where are you landing? I I had come into this fully on the side of the lighthouse, um, and then you told me about the big golden naked man. Correct. Um, Bronze naked man. Bronze Naked Man. Still impressive. Still impressive. A lot of the the drawings that I, I found when I Googled it did have him wearing uh, like a little cloth, but seems <laughs> unlikely. That seems like something artists put in pictures because... They didn't want to draw Peebus, yes. Um, I, I feel like I would lean more towards the Colossus had he had one foot on either side, because then you'd have to... Drive your boat under the taint, which is very funny. Uh, However, <laughs> since that doesn't appear to be the case, I'm going to have to give it to the lighthouse because it was both large and useful. Is, yeah, I like that idea. I like that. It actually served a purpose and wasn't just a big dongly dick over your harbor. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. 
We're going to pause for the seven ancient wonders at the moment, and we're going to move over to the right conference. We're going to go to the modern conference and learn about some of the new seven wonders. I don't know what half of these are. Uh, The new seven wonders of the world were chosen appropriately enough for this day and age by an online poll (laughs) conducted and organized by the New Seven Wonders Foundation in 2007. Over 100 million votes were cast. Uh, Among the finalists that weren't chosen were like the Eiffel Tower, Stonehenge, the Hagia Sophia, and New Schwanstein. I mean, I feel like Stonehenge would probably belong in the first category. I think it's Uh, probably a little more biased towards like things that still exist versus, you know, things that bit it, maybe. I don't know. Because some of them are Ah, pretty old. Okay. Um, And I will also add the Great Pyramid Pyramid of Giza being the only surviving of the Seven Wonders was granted honorary status. So it's not counted among the seven. It's kind of like an eighth bonus wonder. But it is kind of like included in the list. No, that's Jeff. This is true. Jeff is the eighth wonder (laughs) of the world. We discussed this. Even better than pyramids. Uh, So our wonder that is getting a buy this round, and only because it was the oldest, and I feel like that deserves some modicum of respect, uh, is the Great Wall of China. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Uh, The Great Wall of China is a series of fortifications made of stone, brick, tamped earth, and wood built along an east-to-west line across the historical northern borders of China. It is the oldest structure, as I mentioned, on the list of the New Seven Wonders, with work on the wall having begun in the 7th century BC, so about the same time as like the Ancient Wonders. Uh, The construction on the wall continued well into the 17th century, uh, including the most famous stretch, stretch, the one you'll usually see in pictures, that that was built during the Ming Dynasty. Uh, The wall itself is estimated to be about 5,500 miles in length, though there are some areas that contain parallel stretches of wall. Yeah, Yeah, this thing is nuts. Okay, so for our first matchup, we have Petra versus the Colosseum. Petra is a historical and archaeological city located in southern Jordan, famous for its rock-cut architecture. It is the country's most visited tourist attraction. Uh, Petra was originally established as as the city of Rakhmu by the Nabataeans, a nomadic Arab people. Due to its proximity to regional trade routes, Petra soon became a major trading hub, enabling the Nabataeans to accumulate tremendous wealth. So it's kind of, you you just got to be at the right place at the right time, you know? <laughs> I mean, isn't that most yeah. of Well, kind of the everything. big thing uh, was that the Nabataeans were also known for their ability to control water, um, not in like the Avatar way, <laughs> an Avatar <laughs> situation, uh, but... <laughs> They were just really good at, like, irrigation and shit. So the area where Petra is located was prone to flash floods, being in kind of like a canyon. But archaeological evidence shows that the Nabataeans were able to control these floods through the use of dams, cisterns, and water conduits. So not only managing the water, but being able to store it for prolonged periods of drought, which in the middle of the desert is is very impressive. That's pretty and impressive. also is going to, you know, with the water comes the power, with the power comes the women, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that old saying from Mad Max? It was actually a very butchered Simpsons reference, but same thing. Uh, so noted carvers, the Nabataeans chiseled dwellings, temples, and tombs directly into the sandstone of the valley, uh, which changed color with the shifting sun. Petra is often called the Rose City because of the color from the stone from which it's carved. Ah, it's, it's, I would it is love very, to, I would love very to go pretty. to everything on this list, even the stuff that doesn't exist anymore. But this is probably top of the list. So the Nabataean kingdom eventually became a client state of the Roman Empire, and Petra's importance declined as new sea trade routes emerged. It was eventually abandoned and remained unknown to the Western world until 1812. Right, so the Colosseum, which you know what the Colosseum is. I've heard of it. <laughs> it is a famous Roman ruin located in the city of Rome. Um, naturally, Italy built of... <laughs> Being Roman and all. <laughs> built of concrete and sand, it is the largest amphitheater ever built. 
by most estimates, it could hold somewhere between 50,000 and 80,000 spectators. So, like, this place could host a Taylor Swift concert. Uh, it measures 620 at least <laughs> 413 feet. It was used to host gladiatorial shows. Gladiatorial? I, Is that how you say Sure. It? I don't know if I've ever used that word before. Uh, it used to host gladiators. Gladiators fought there. Uh, as well as other events, including animal hunts, executions, reenactments of famous battles, and dramas based on classical mythology. Yeah, Everything. it was it kind was of like the, the peak, peak entertainment. The Rose Quarter, the Moda Center in, in Portland, which is a very regional reference, <laughs> but like most big cities have one yes. of these. It, yeah, it was the stadium of its day, except instead of monster trucks, you had animal hunts. <laughs> Uh, and animal hunts were often staged amid elaborate sets with movable trees and buildings uh, and included creatures imported from Africa and the Middle East, including rhinoceros, giraffes, leopards, crocodiles, and ostriches. All things that probably should have been left alone. Yes. But sure. <laughs> uh, some events were massive in scale. So the Roman Emperor Trajan was said to have celebrated a military victory with contests involving 11,000 animals and 10,000 gladiators over the course of 123 days. Uh, but by the early medieval era, the Colosseum had been repurposed for use as housing, a fortress, and a quarry, and it kind of, you know, fell into the state we see it today. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, this is this is tough. Because, I mean, the Colosseum, obviously, it's a big name. Classic. It's a big get. It is. Um, Petra was in uh, an Indiana Jones movie, so. Well, there we go, right? <laughs> I think in terms of, like, when Petra was built... I would consider it more of a feat of engineering than the Colosseum. Fair you enough. You know? I just think it looks pretty. <laughs> yeah, Petra gets it. It's it's pretty. It was in Indiana Jones. It looked hard as fuck to build. All respect to the Colosseum. I love the Colosseum. It's in the movie Roman Holiday. It's in a lot of movies, <laughs> <many> actually. <laughs> but none of them are none Indiana of them, Jones. Yeah, none of them are The Last Crusade, which might... <laughs> Like, when they show it in the movie, and it's, like, this big fucking cliff with all of that, and you're like, how did no one find this before? <laughs> like, no one noticed it? Yeah. But I guess you said that it wasn't rediscovered until the 1812? early 1800s. Fair, so. I think, like, to get to the city, you basically have to, like, walk through, like, a gorge. Like, it isn't just, like, out there in the open. Like, it's kind of hidden amongst, like, the valley, as far as I understand. Yeah. So I could see it. Unless you're, like, purposely yeah, that, wandering there. It's in the middle of the desert, so you ain't gonna go there unless you need unless to. Unless you've in. solved a bunch of riddles. <laughs> and I will say, unknown to, like, the Western world. Like, the locals probably yeah, knew it, it was there. <laughs> White people didn't know it was there. It's kind of like the, the show is watching. They found, like, some hunters in the area in, like, South America found this, like, horned deer-looking motherfucker that no one had ever seen before, and then they asked the locals and they were like, oh yeah, it's that. Like, we've, yeah, yeah it's been around forever. <laughs> you didn't know? That thing? Yeah. That old thing? The, the thing that you're just discovering in 1993? Like, yeah. <laughs> we've been hunting it for years. Here's some horns. <laughs> oh god, there's tons of them. We have. If we didn't hunt them, we'd be overrun. <laughs> Actually, they are seriously endangered. I can't yeah. remember what it's called, but it's like a deer cow thing that lives in the jungle. Yeah. Super helpful, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Petra. It's it's incredibly pretty. Plus, it, yeah. it held up. Yeah, I, I mean, think over the years, Rome, Roman Coliseum kind of crumbly. I'm not gonna cast any judgment, but I mean, come on, hold it together. They really just need to replace the floor. <laughs> All right, our next matchup is the Temple of Kukulkan at Chichen Itza, Itza, and Machu Picchu. So Chichen Itza. Oh my god, Ooh. I'm gonna do this every time I try and say it because I am hopeless at words. Chichen Itza was a pre-Columbian city built 
by the Maya people located in what is now modern-day Yucatan, Mexico. Uh, the most famous of its structures, and the one you will most definitely recognize, is the Temple of Cuculcan or El Castillo, or if you're a very serious archaeologist, Chichen Itza structure 5B18. And I am a very serious yes. archaeologist. <laughs> Built sometime between the 9th and 12th centuries, uh, the temple is a four-sided step pyramid that rises 79 feet above the main plaza of the city. It consists of a series of square terraces with a stairway running up each side, so 91 steps each, which, when added together with the temple platform at the top, total 365 steps in all, which is exactly the number of days in the year. Fun trivia fact. That is a fun trivia fact. Uh, Kukulkan, the deity the temple is meant to honor in whose name I really hope I am pronouncing correctly, uh, served as a messenger between the king and the gods and was typically depicted as a feathered serpent. Is he older than Rory, but younger than Macaulay? He's, he's about Kieran's age. Okay. Okay. Good joke. Cool. Just wanted to check. Uh, Machu Picchu is a 15th century Inca citadel situated on a Peruvian mountain ridge, a full 7,970 feet above goddamn sea level. It was built sometime around 1450, <laughs> but abandoned a century later at the time of the Spanish conquest because colonial, colonialism ruins everything. Specifically in South America, yes. I'm going to show you the picture of, of Machu Picchu that came up when I Googled oh, it. I can't wait. I hope it's um, uh, Emperor's New Groove. Close. <laughs> This is the only correct picture of Machu Picchu. Thank you. Remind me to put that in the slideshow so everybody can see it. It has a llama in it. Going on the slideshow. It's not the only picture. <laughs> it's not the only picture Big of surprise. Machu Picchu with a llama in the foreground, incidentally. Uh, Machu Picchu is sometimes mistakenly referred to as the lost city of the Incas, though this isn't really true because it was never actually lost. Yeah, <laughs> well, we kind of know where it is. <laughs> well, it was unknown to the Spanish during the colonial period and to the rest of the outside world until 1911. Ah, the locals ah, were well aware yep. of it and presumably just didn't go around running their mouths about it. Why would they? Why would they? Why would they? These people yeah. come in and fuck their shit up. They're like, by the way. I'm not going to tell you about this cool city we had in the mountains, because you fucking ruined it. Uh, most archaeologists today believe that Machu Picchu was constructed as an estate for the Inca Emperor Pacha Pachacuti. Uh, Sorry, no. It was built. It's a legitimate name. It was built in the classical Inca style with polished dry stone walls. Its primary, structures, its primary structures include the Temple of the Sun, the Room of the Three Windows, and the Intihuatana, a ritual stone aligned with the sun's position during the winter solstice that was probably used as like a sundial. All right, Machu Picchu, Chichen Itza. What are you feeling? I'm not making I mean, any Machu of these decisions very no, easy. No, Machu Picchu is the. I mean, this is a pretty even matchup, honestly. Machu Picchu scale wise, very mm -hmm. impressive. Big mountain. Uh, Chichen Itza still standing and it looks pretty much intact, which I think is worth a lot. Yeah, that is a fair point. It is very impressively like held the test of time. I think I'm going to have to give it to what I would consider to be the underdog Chichen Itza. Wow. I mean, Machu Picchu does have the benefit of a lot of pictures oh, with llamas. This is true. So you've disappointed all the llamas in the audience. I almost just searched Machu Pizza <laughs> because I'm an asshole. I, I guarantee you there is at least one restaurant in the world that has that as a name. Pizza. Yep. It's in Peru. I would hope so. I feel like if you use it anywhere else, it's kind of stupid. But like in Peru. So we've solved that. But yes, I'm, I'm going to give it to the big ass pyramid. Um, big ass pyramid. It's also just kind it. of. Like iconic, it is. You know, yeah, very recognized. Not that like Machu Picchu, my <laughs> I said it too. Not that Machu Picchu isn't. I think Machu Picchu, Picchu is very impressive, but it's kind of like sprawl, like a sprawling complex versus like the Temple of Chichen Itza, which is like iconic. It's a look, like, as you yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our last matchup in round one, we have Taj, the Taj Mahal versus Christ the Redeemer. Fuck. 
The Taj Mahal, located in present-day India, is a mausoleum and easily one of the most iconic monuments in the world. It was commissioned by the 5th century 5th Mughal Emperor Shah Jahan for his favorite wife, Mumtaz Mahal, who died in 1631, giving birth to their 14th child. Jesus Christ! The mausoleum is made of white marble that features semi-precious stones in geometric and floral patterns. It features a majestic central dome surrounded by four smaller domes and is part of a larger 42-acre complex that also includes a mosque, a guest house, and an immense garden with a reflecting pool. All in all, it took around 22 years and 20,000 workers to complete the project. It's pretty fucking impressive. Uh, It's regarded by many as the best example of Mughal architecture and attracts 7 to 8 million visitors a year. As well it should. Yes. I would very much like to go someday. I, I want to visit all of these, but that one especially. So Christ the Redeemer is a colossal Art Deco-style statue of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which stands at the very peak of Corvocado Mountain overlooking the city of Rio de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro Brazil. It stands at 98 feet tall, not including its 26 high-foot base, and its arms stretch 92 feet wide. Very big. Uh, it is made of reinforced concrete and soapstone and is covered in approximately 6 million tiles. The statue was proposed by the Catholic Circle of Rio in 1920, motivated by what they perceived as was godlessness in their society. Of course. Construction lasted from 1922 to 1931 and cost the U.S. equivalent of $3.8 million in today's money. Unsurprisingly, the donations to build the statue came mostly from Brazilian Catholics. No shit! <laughs> Ironically, maybe, uh, the statue has attracted several lightning strikes, including one in 2008 that caused some damage to the fingers, head, and eyebrows, and another in 2014 that broke off a finger on the right hand. Yeah, I wonder why having a giant lightning rod in the middle of your town on top of the mountain, there's nothing else around. It's it's impressive. Um, I did enjoy his work in Romeo plus Juliet. Actually, I don't think it was the same statue in Romeo plus Juliet. No. That was in Italy. Are you sure Romeo plus Juliet was in Italy? Yeah. In Verona, the city where we lay our scene or whatever it's called. Well, yes, I know the actual Verona is in Italy, but like it had much more of a South American vibe. Yeah, fair. Okay. I'm I'm going right. to, to settle something uh more for myself. Romeo oh, are plus you looking Juliet. Up where Romeo it, plus Juliet. Yeah. Uh filmed in Mexico City. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, which is not even where the statue is. No, so. also not where the statue is. But, but yeah, they filmed. That is interesting. I didn't know that, but you are correct in like diagnosing in the your vibe. defense. I watched it last week, so it's pretty fresh. Also fair. Um, love the vibes of a big Christ statue. Uh, <laughs> it it really feels on brand for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. It's great to look at. However, I'm gonna give this hands down to the Taj Mahal. That that's fair. Love the pool in the front. <laughs> It's a whole fucking building, you gotta and they built it in, like, the 1600s, so... You gotta love a good reflecting pool. Put one of those in front of Christ. Maybe he'll <laughs> be in the running. That would be pretty cool, actually. As tall <laughs> as it is, I bet that would be a good look. They probably don't have room on the mountain, though. Okay, so we are on to round two of three, four? I think fourth is our final round. Uh, but uh, you're not gonna give me <laughs> a spiel with each one of these. But you will get a new fun fact. Oh, there's more. With every... Yes. Oh, yeah, we got to narrow it down to two. Excellent structure. Uh, or we got to narrow it down to one. All right. So this goes to our first second round matchup. The Great Pyramid of Giza versus the Statue of Zeus. 
So the fun fact for the Great Pyramid of Giza is that the interior of the pyramids are built up of a maze of narrow corridors and hidden chambers, an attempt by their builders to foil grave robbers. Uh, while modern modern archaeologists have been able to have been able to unearth some treasures, it's believed that most of what the pyramids once contained was looted within 250 years of their completion. Can I share a fun little trivia thing that I, I learned watching a documentary about the pyramids? No. This is my episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I believe it was this pyramid where they think that one of the people that like built it was one of the people who broke into it because that's the only way that they could have figured out exactly where to dig to get into one of the passages. That's a good long con, though. I like yeah, that Yeah, you lot. get, like, a steady job, and then you get to rob it. That's some, like, that's, that's ancient that's, Egyptian Ocean's Eleven shit. You gotta applaud it. Like, just the audacity. I love it. That is a good fun fact. All right, so our next fact about the Temple of Zeus, our statue of Zeus, sorry, is that according to legend, the temp- the sculptor Phidias asked Zeus for a sign of his approval once the statue had been completed. Uh, and soon after, the temple was struck by lightning. I think this means approval. Oh, shit. Because I'm assuming disapproval means the temple would have burned down. Well, Zeus's whole thing is lightning. Yeah. Man. Um, <laughs> Like, the, the pyramid, obviously, huge feat of engineering, but like... That statue is blessed by Zeus, man. It, it does have Zeus's. Uh, that is very specific. Yeah, <laughs> that's not even like you know. I asked for a sign from Zeus, and then and then a dove. What, like flew I saw out. a cool yeah, star. Yeah. yeah, no, like this is. It got struck by fucking lightning. <laughs> Zeus's whole. <laughs> now, spiel. granted, it is a legend, and also Zeus wasn't real, but <laughs> as a story, it's pretty great. The Egyptian afterlife isn't real either, so... I don't disagree. Man, I really like that statue. Love Hercules. Ah, but the pyramid, man. It's a tough choice. It's still there. The pyramid is still there. Mm -hmm. I've definitely seen more documentaries on the Great Pyramids than I have on the uh, Statue of Zeus. Granted, they lasted a lot longer. Yeah. So just, like, (laughs) in terms of content available. This is hard. They're not going to get any easier. We've already narrowed down all the coolest ones. Yeah, we're kind of in the top tier now. Well, in terms of being like an icon, it's got to go to the pyramids. I don't really know what my judging criteria is. You aren't like, you don't have like, it's just vibes. No, I don't have like a a number system or anything. It is just vibes. Which is how I judge anything, to be fair. Like if I was doing figure skating at the Olympics. Like, someone could fall flat on their ass, but I'd be like, they picked a good song. Yeah, so, like, like, yeah, the vibes were there. I, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Everything <laughs> I liked should be, her outfit. So, everything should be judged ten. on vibes. Yeah, I'm going to go into the pyramids. Great. All right. Our they next, are great. Our next second round wrap, second round matchup the mausoleum in Halicarnassus versus the Lighthouse of Alexandria. So, fun fact about the mausoleum uh, Mausolus's wife, Artismia, Artis- Artemisia? She had a name. Uh, he's the one who commissioned the museum. It said that he was so grief- the museum, grief- uh, ma- the mausoleum. Sorry, thank you. Uh, so this lady, Artisma- Art- Artemisia. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. I'm going to pronounce it much more confidently now. Mausolus's wife, Artemisia, who commissioned the mausoleum, was said to have been so grief stricken at his death that she mixed his ashes with water and drank them. I don't know if that's necessarily a fact about the mausoleum. Some of these are facts about vibes. For the lighthouse, uh, Pharos, the uh, the island where the lighthouse was constructed, 
became the etymological origin of the word lighthouse in Greek, and so has filtered down to many romance languages such as French, Italian, and Spanish. Lighthouse. lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, I mean, the mausole- the mausoleum was also functional, because I know that's why the lighthouse made it through in the last round. However, it was functional for, like, one dude and his family, where the lighthouse provided a service to many people. Saved a lot of ships, I would imagine. Although, drinking the ashes is pretty metal. Not advised. Do you want to take Mm-mm. it back? Lighthouse. Okay. lighthouse Plus the is. lighthouse, like, okay. it was, like, the fact that it reflected the light is, like, a huge fucking deal. And, like, yeah, it's a, a big building where dead people go. Yeah. Technology-wise. Yeah, like, engineeringly speaking, yeah. It's big fan cool. of lighthouses. I'm a big fan. <laughs> All right. So back to the modern conference. We have the Great Wall of China versus Petra. Uh, so, contrary to popular belief, the Great Wall of China cannot actually be seen from the moon. The width of the Great Wall, as seen from the moon, would be about the same as that of a human hair viewed from two miles away. Not to speak ill of the Great Wall of China, I just have to bust some myths while I'm here. I mean, it's not really the Great Wall's fault that they didn't make it, like, six miles wide. It is not. <laughs> uh, and Petra's most famous and most elaborate temple is the Treasury, or al Khazna. It is believed to have been the mausoleum of the Nabataean king, Aretas IV, and its name derives from legends that the decorative stone urn on the structure's second level contained ancient treasures. It doesn't, but people thought it did. People thought a lot of things had treasures where there wasn't treasures. It's been a source Generally of uh, speaking, problems yes. throughout history. I mean, I feel like the Great mm. Wall has the clout, you know? It's like the, uh, like the Kobe. The Kobe, yeah. I don't know enough about sports to finish the analogy. Where Petra is kind of like the Dan Marino. I think your analogy is falling apart a little bit. No, okay. I know I can make this work. So, like, the Great Wall is the Kobe where it's, like, super talented. Everybody knows about it. Like, it'll go down in history. And, like, Dan Marino, love him, was in a movie that I very much enjoy. But I don't know if he's enough to stand up to Kobe. I've never watched a full basketball game in my life. As evidenced by the fact that Dan Marino played football. I know Dan Marino played football. Emily, we promise no sports. I'm more talking about Ace Ventura Pet Detective at this point. (sighs) I just really love Petra. And, like, the Great Wall is cool. And, again, loved its work in Mulan, but... Is it Petra? It sounds like that was... It's Petra. If the Great Wall of China was pink, maybe. I, too, like things better if they're pink. All right. That brings us to our last second round matchup, which is Chichen Itza versus the Taj Mahal. Uh, so during the spring and autumnal equinoxes at Chichen Itza, the setting sun casts shadows on the pyramid, creating the illusion of a feathered serpent slithering down the north stairway. Well, fuck. Yeah, very fucking cool. <laughs> if you had told me that in the first round, I wouldn't have had to debate. <laughs> uh, the Taj Mahal was once described by Nobel laureate Robin, Rabindranath Tagore as the teardrop on the <sighs> cheek of time, which is just. Very lovely. I'm going to give it to the Feathered Serpent. That is just insane. Feathered Serpent thing is really cool. All right. We are down to the final four. Two mat, well, three matchups left, including the final matchup. Ancient Conference, Great Pyramid of Giza versus the Lighthouse of Alexandria. We have two more fun facts for you. Uh, the Great Pyramid reigned as the tallest building on the world in the world for nearly 4,000 years. And it wouldn't be supplanted until the Middle Ages when Old St. Paul's Cathedral in London was Was built. it called Old St. Paul's Cathedral when it was built? Yes, I presume so. Weird. <laughs> uh, in 1994, uh, back to the lighthouse, 
A team of French archaeologists discovered some remains of the lighthouse on the seafloor of Alexandria's eastern harbor. Uh, there's been some talk of turning the site into an underwater museum, but nothing's come to I do believe yet. I mentioned that in my episode about lighthouses. Oh, do you? Yeah. Which is also why I'm so attached to the lighthouse. <laughs> the lighthouse is pretty cool. And I think it, it comes down to the lighthouse was built for everybody. The pyramid was built for one mm-hmm. dude. I'm going to give it to the people. It's the lighthouse. The lighthouse it is. All right. And back to the modern conference, Pacha versus Chichen Itza. According to tradition, Petra is the spot where Moses struck a rock with his staff and water came forth. Interesting little factoid. Not a real story, but okay. Uh, (laughs) Chichen Itza is also home to the largest chalachi. Chalachi. Can pronounce that word. It's a lot of consonants. You want to send it to me? I can probably give you a good Uh, run. Oh, I've got the pronunciation. I just can't make my tongue work. Ah, yes, it's the Midwestern tongue. Chalachi. Chalachi. I can pronounce that. I just didn't warm up. Uh, so Chalachli is a sporting field, uh, and it's the largest one in the world. There, the residents of the Mayan city played a ritual ball game called Olama that was popular through pre-Columbian Mesoamerica. Sports. <laughs> I lied. There's one sports in this episode. <laughs> oh, like uh, in a like in the road to El Dorado when they played the. <laughs> now that had an armadillo as a ball, so probably not the same game. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I wasn't able to find any details on how the game was played, other than that there was a ball. I'm still on the feathered serpent thing. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm, but Petra. They're both very scenic and, like, cool. They both... I would Instagram the hell out of both these places. Hold on. I need to Google what the inside of okay. Petra looks like. This might be a deciding factor. Is Chichen Itza, is that just just the outside? Like, is there an inside part? That I'm not aware of. I don't... I'm not sure if there's any, like, interior... That didn't come up in my research. You'd think it would have. There was. Mm, no. Petra is quite cool on the inside. Little little worn down. There's a man living inside Petra. I'm gonna just go ahead and bookmark that story. Um, oh, there's a pretty sick statue in Chichen Itza. It's got big uh, statue from the beginning of the Exorcist vibes. Hold on, let me send this to you. It's more of a bench, actually. <gasps> oh, hell yeah. That's metal as fuck. Um, <laughs> okay, I think... When was Petra built? Uh, is old. Older than... <laughs> uh, I didn't write it down. Sometime between, because <laughs> I ordered these uh, chronologically, sometime between the Great Wall of China and the Colosseum. And Chichen Itza was built uh, between the 9th and 12th centuries. Uh, Petra as early as the 5th century BC. Uh, yes, thank you. Um... I'm going to give it to Petra. All right. Well, now you have. Yep, uh, I really fucked myself yep. <laughs> here on this. Now you have uh, the unenviable choice between Lighthouse of Alexandria and Petra, our final two wonders of the world. The ancient on one side, the modern-ish on the other. And only um, you can choose. I have no more fun facts. You just got to pick. Petra. It's still st- it's still Petra. standing and it still looks pretty good. The lighthouse <laughs> ate shit pretty fast. Well, not pretty fast, but like relatively pretty fast. I mean, it did survive like eight earthquakes. I mean, how many earthquakes has Petra survived? But- Granted, it's built into Fair. the side of a cliff, so it's not really going anywhere. <laughs> Is it going to be Petra? You made that very quickly. I'm very surprised. I don't think you're wrong. I'm just very surprised that you were able to choose. I quickly. think it's Petra. I think if I could actually like see what the lighthouse for real looked like when it existed, Fair then enough. I it might sway it a little bit. But Petra's big mood. 
It's <laughs> big mood. The, the unquestionable best wonder of the world ever is the city of Petra. And all the others suck. <laughs> no, all the others are amazing. Yeah, with your resident expert on ancient stuff, someone who watches documentaries stoned all the time. I want to visit all these places. They are all going on my bucket lists. Yes. All the ones that are still there anyway. Obviously. I mean, I would still love to visit all the ancient ones too, but... Maybe they'll get that lighthouse of Alexandra... Underwater museum? Getting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get on I'm, it. Come on. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't consider the like Washington Monument to be a wonder of the world, but like, if, it would have been nice for it to be considered. It might have been. Uh, I would have to look and see what the... I mean, in all fairness, we don't really have old shit here that, like, is... We have old shit, but... Uh, The Statue of Liberty was kind of representing the U.S. in that poll. It was a gift from France! (laughs) Pretty much. It's just giving France another entry. Yeah, if you're curious, um, it's like new7wonders.com. You can go and you can see all the finalists and, you know, learn some fun facts that I already kind of repeated in this episode about all the different uh, (laughs) wonders of the world and, you know, get some travel inspiration. I still feel bad about knocking the Coliseum down, but it had to be done. It is a classic, literally, but... (laughs) It is, yes. (laughs) Um, I don't remember what it was up against. There's just, there's just too much cool shit in the world. Yes. That's the problem. Um... I, granted, my final decision was mostly based on color and um, Harrison Ford, but what are you going to do? I That feels appropriate and on brand for this <laughs> podcast. Um, th- that was very, it, it was fun. I love an interactive episode. It's fun to do something a little different once in a while. We should, should post a blank bracket so people can fill it out. <laughs> yes, that's a great idea. Please remind me to do that. Uh, when this episode comes out, I will be in Hawaii, so oh, we'll see. Yeah, that's right. No, well. Definitely forget. <laughs> well, listeners, if I forget to post a blank bracket, uh, yell at me in the comments of Instagram. Um, I'll be it. on island time, so. <laughs> uh, no, I'll actually be, I'm not going specifically to do this. Uh, I will be doing research for the next main episode. So that's, that's fun. After I finish yeah. writing it, uh, we're doing travel episodes. <laughs> we're getting you ready for summer. It also just worked yeah. out like that. There's little planning because <laughs> we 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 pick what episodes we're gonna do pretty much like a week ahead of time. Sometimes we a little look into our, our an inside the actor studio uh, look into our process. Um, we pick yes. our episodes based on what the spirit moves us towards, um, or if someone asks us to yeah, do an episode. Pretty much, and also trying not to do another fucking history episode again after three episodes of Marie Antoinette. It's actually very difficult not to do yeah. history episodes. It comes up a lot. I mean, this one, you could argue, was also a <laughs> history episode because we learned the history of things. <laughs> Here's the thing. History's kind of in a lot of shit. <laughs> technically. Isn't everything we cover technically history because it's already happened? This is very true. <laughs> well, that's freeing. I'm going to never worry about that ever again if I'm doing too much history. Yeah, most of my ideas for minis come from, like, posts I saw online <laughs> and then I screen capped for later so I could pull them out when I needed them, um, which is the case yeah, with next week's mini. Pretty great. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Sarah's already <laughs> experienced it and she hated it. Buckle up, everybody. So, I said that we had a big, uh, ah, that's really hyping it quite a bit. I'm pretty excited about it. It, it is very exciting. Um, our, our bestest Best friend who's not Sadie, Avalon <laughs> of Buhaha fame, uh, has drawn us the most wonderful Jeff the Talking Mongoose design, and it will be available in the near future. 
as a shirt and some other stuff. Yes, so please um, keep an eye out for that. It it I I love Jeff. If you would like a preview of the design, which may or may not come in two variations depending on whether <laughs> you want a mild swear on your t-shirt, um, you can see a little preview of that at a uh, that Avalon on Instagram. Uh, go send him some likes and also just follow Avalon because his Instagram's pretty fun. The best dog. She's such a good girl. <laughs> Oh my god, Fawn, Fawn was actually a special guest at the uh what I refer to as the lost live episode <laughs> of Afternoonified. Avalon was a great guest. <laughs> we came in costume. It was easily the worst show I've ever done. Is this the one you never posted? Because it was so bad. It's the one I never posted. Um so first of all, it was at a clown themed bar that didn't open up for us until the show was already starting. Oh god. Um I had a sinus infection that was forming. I had just gotten back from Toronto the night before. It was Halloween, so our audience consisted of a group of drunk girls. I don't know why they were there. Well, clown bar. Why not? And then <laughs> we had three people on the show, two microphones. Sure. Yep. Uh, That's a great, but great yes. setup. Just really setting you up for success. Yeah, so the Jeff shirt will be out in the near future. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not going to fuck with it until after I get back. Uh, <laughs> we'll announce it again yeah. when uh, when it's up, but I'll, we want to pre-hype it because yes, we're very uh, excited. It's, yes. Um, I love it. So other than that, uh, we are on Instagram at Afternoonified. We are mm-hmm. on Facebook. No, we're not. We're on Twitter at Afternoonified. Uh, get Afternoonified.com. Yeah, for now. Um, you can email us at Afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com. And uh, remember to rate, subscribe, review, all of that fun stuff. Uh, we will try to remember to post that blank bracket so you can send those in, because I would love to see <laughs> what, what you guys pick, vibe-wise. I very much would love to hear everybody's opinions. And that's not sarcastic. I genuinely want to know. Yeah, I feel like this was a very subjective <laughs> bracket. The vibe was off with the Coliseum. I don't know what to tell you guys. And I took points off of Big Jesus because he wasn't actually in Romeo plus Juliet. So if, if they're not in a movie, why bother? Exactly. I yeah. Mean, most of them are. In yeah, I think that. most of them have at least made a tangential appearance in a movie. I'll look into the lighthouse thing. All right, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below. <laughs>